The following paid program is pre-recorded and sponsored by TakePoint Wealth Management on the nature coast of Florida. Take Point on Retirement, a well-rounded show from a well-rounded team leading you into retirement. Listen Saturday mornings for an hour of simple retirement advice from your friends at Take Point Wealth Management, Saturday mornings, 7.30. Well, every time you hear that music, you know the following program is going to be chuck full of information and education from the professionals here in our studios. And we're talking about the professionals from Take Point Wealth Management, a show called Take Point on Retirement with, of course, a lead advisor, a retirement planner, Eric Arnett, and none other than a CPA, Randy Woodruff, just two members of that well-rounded team of professionals that lead you into a stress-free retirement. Take Point Wealth, a local uh, company here to serve you all up and down the nature coast. See them, they'll come see you, whatever the case may be, you need to call them. 352-616-0511. Set up that next appointment with Take Point Wealth Management. I recommend it. I suggest it. I did too. I took that first step and now I'm looking at my stress-free retirement. So without further ado, I'm turning it over to Eric and Randy, Take Point on Retirement. Good morning, good morning. Winter morning. Yes, it is. Florida winter morning. Yeah, yeah. Big week in our country. Change in administration brings a lot of hope and also a lot of questions for retirees. And, and people getting ready to retire and people that are concerned about investments and and things like that. That's what this show is all about. We'll get into that. Today I wanted to talk, Andy, I think it's important coming into February here. I can't believe it's already February. Time flies, doesn't it? It's crazy. Full-blown tax season. What's going on in the tax side of the practice? And I definitely want to get into and talk about taxes today because I know that's the biggest concern. There's a lot of rhetoric out there, a million different things being talked about and thrown out there as far as the current administration that's coming into office here in Washington. There are tax increases and What's that going to mean for everybody? So I actually have some interesting statistics that I dove into to kind of share with folks to, I think will calm everybody's fears a little bit. I know if you're on one side of the coin, you're super happy. You think oh, everything's great <laughs> and the world's going to change and the life's going to change. Everything's great. We're all hunky-dory. And then on the other side of the coin, people are, are scared and concerned. And it's just like with any change, people just don't like change, right? Yeah, true. I'm getting ready to move here soon and I hate it. It stinks. I'm happy that I'm going to be moving and I, and I envision what it's going to look like once I get to the new place. But in that process, that change, it's very disruptive and um, almost a little bit scary. You know, mm-hmm. it keeps me up at night almost. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, one thing that obviously Joe Biden has spoken about and his uh, supporters, is that a politically correct word to say, supporters? It depends on what <laughs> the fence you're on. <laughs> but uh, they're definitely talking about increasing taxes, potentially increasing taxes on corporations. He does say in the language that um, he only intends on raising taxes on those that make over 400000 However, typically when Democrats come into office or into power, there's going to be a lot of social programs and things like that. So there'll be government spending. Uh, one thing, the, market, the market's been great. Mm-hmm. market's been on fire. So this is a lesson if you're out there listening and we've spoken before, you've listened to us before, hopefully, and you can go back and fact check me on this if you want. You can go back on takepointwealthmanagement.com or Take Point on Retirement Radio, our, our, our website, and we have all our shows posted on there. But we've talked about this in the past. It's just, I think we started talking about this in October or November. It's like, folks, don't worry about who becomes president. Um, yes, there are some things that might affect you personally, 
uh, in your everyday life. But for the most part, the markets themselves and, and investment products, retirement products don't change a whole lot. Yes, the president has some control or, or some influence, but there are so many forces that impact our economy and impact the markets. Think about world forces, global forces, monetary policy, fiscal policy, unemployment, all these kind of things. The president, this one person doesn't just sit in the Oval Office and push buttons and, yes. and everything changes and can move the economy whenever he feels like it. That's not at all, folks, what it's, what, what it's all about. And that's not how it works. And what's interesting is I'm going to pull a little chart up here. I wanted to just share it with folks because one of our chief investment officers came out with this this week, and I thought it was uh, really fantastic. And I haven't, I hadn't even realized this myself, but the markets, despite tax increases, um, do pretty well all the way back to 1915. And folks, if you email me or go to my website and ask for this chart, I'll send it out to you. I mean, I'll, I'm going to post it on my website actually. So folks, if you want to go mm -hmm, look at it, they idea. can. This chart, if you could envision it, it's a bar chart. It goes back to 1950. And there's been 13 periods in our history or in time where Democrats have come into office and raised taxes mm -hmm. and raised government programs substantially. There's only been one time out of those 13 times where the market uh, was negative for the year. Mm -hmm. Out of all, other, all the other 12 times the market was positive and the market was up and the market was really strong. And on average, going back to 1950, those 13 periods, the market has averaged 12%. So even though the rhetoric is, oh my gosh, you know, and I hear this from our clients, I hear from people calling in, people prospects and stuff, you know, I'm really concerned about taxes, uh, you know, how that's going to impact, impact my portfolio or impact my, my retirement planning. And yes, you know, long-term, we've talked about potentially could have some mm -hmm. issues as far as at some point they're going to have to raise taxes to start maybe controlling the deficit. I don't know if that's important to them or not. But In theory, they should. <laughs> Will they? Who knows? But uh, yeah, they're going to raise taxes and yeah. cut spending too. If, if controlling the national deficit is really a priority, which it, in my opinion it should be, uh, I think they need to do a combination of both raising taxes a little bit and cutting spending a little bit to over time we need to, we need to just get to where we're breaking even and th that just to get to break even and then we need to start to slowly reduce that national debt don't try to wipe it all out in five years which we never could do anyhow but we need to do it over time we you know typically whether it be the government or us as individuals you take a look back at your own finances or your, your friends and family that you know have gone through some rough times it takes a whole lot longer to get out of debt or out of trouble than it did to get in and it's a whole lot, whole lot less fun getting out than it was getting in. And we talked on this show many times about be thinking about, you know, over time, we're going to have to see some tax increases because we can't continue this level of spending for, you know, forever. So, um, but go back to your, please, back to your chart. No, no, just, just, just wanted to emphasize that, that from 2013 back to 1950, when we had dramatic increases in taxation and social programs whether it be personal taxes increases, corporate taxes, or even the capital gains tax increased, it really did not affect the market. The markets actually did really well, on average 12%. So let's put that on the back burner as far as a concern for folks out there. Kind of leads us into talking a little bit today, Randy, with you about, about taxes. I know we took we got some things to talk about today, but what are, what are some of the things that concern you 
And what are the things you're, some of the things you're working with and, and some of the things you like to tell our listeners about taxes? Cause, and they need to get in and start talking about that stuff now, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a good point. And we experienced a significantly high call volume uh, right after the election with people worried about their taxes. You know, oh my gosh, what's going on? You know? And if you watch the news, social media, you know, read stuff online, you know, the way, uh, the way I'll say information's written can almost, you know, cause hysteria. You know, and the way it's reported and the way things are said and taken out of context. And so so I can see why people are nervous and anxious, you know, that, oh, my gosh, my taxes are going to go up. When um, Trump and the Congress passed the new tax plan back in 2018, it wasn't a huge tax break. Corporations got a, a big tax break when top tax rate went from 35 down to 21 percent. But that also, I think, well over a trillion dollars got repatriated back in here to America. Right. So so that money came back in here to our shores. Right. It, it was made overseas. It was kept overseas in lower tax districts. And now it got, it got brought back on shore. So you take a trillion dollars times 21%, that's $210 billion that got taxed that was overseas. Now, now made it back onto our shores. And probably most of that money got, I don't know who all brought their money back in, in terms of corporations, but I'm sure some of that made it back into the shareholders' hands as well. So some of that wealth came back into oh, America yeah, and, and, and got put into our economy. So that was a good thing. But my point is, even with, with the Trump tax changes, most of us didn't see a huge decline in taxes, but it wasn't massive. So right. I think that the increase in taxes, if there is going to be one under the Biden administration, will be, it's not going to be massive. Um, there may be some pockets where there are some big changes, but I think overall it's not going to be a huge impact, especially coming out of COVID. I think that at least in 20, I mean, I would be shocked that in 2021, they tried to pass any major tax legislation. Keeping in mind that the Democrats hold, it's a 50-50 majority in the in, in the Senate mm-hmm. and with Kamala Harris being the tie-breaking vote. So tax led legislation is not going to be easy to pass. Right. It's not a slam dunk that, that people think it might might be. To be like we talk on this show and we talk about managing money. It's good to just like managing your portfolio. So it should be actively managed. You should be actively managing managing your taxes and and you know, see state taxes too. That's a big item for some people based on the on the on the amount of their wealth. But you should be actively managing your tax outlook or tax projections as well. Just be alert, stay nimble and pay attention to the facts and not the rhetoric. Uh, from both sides, whether it be left or right, pay attention to the facts and get the facts and make decisions based on facts and not upon rhetoric. So, Well, <clears throat> I think I that brings something to mind to me as I'm sitting here listening to you. Is, uh, I, I think back of how you and I worked together over the last several years, but even just over the last week, I think the power of working with a team where you have your CPA and your advisor on the same team working together in tandem um, is very, it's, it's, it's somewhat uncommon. I remember back in the day when I was working just independently as an advisor and I would try to coordinate some things with my clients' tax advisors and it was very difficult. One hand didn't know what the other hand was doing quite often. Sometimes I'd get accused of stuff by the, from the, the CPA, like, why is that investment advisor doing that? And then mm-hmm. sometimes I would say, why is that CPA saying that? Or why is that, ta- you know, what what kind of tax advice are they giving you? They don't even know your investments. <laughs> there was no collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the power is having a team like you and I right there with the client, you know, every step of the way. I can think of just this week, several conversations. We get on the phone together and do Zoom meetings with our clients and we strategically plan this stuff and talk about, okay, uh, is a simple IRA going to be best here? Or is a mm-hmm. regular traditional IRA going to be better there? And should we make this contribution and how much? And 
and, and okay, well, and you and you 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 narrow it down and give us a specific number. Say, okay, listen, based on your situation, we're trying to save here, do this, cut tax there. Eric, uh, I, I would like for you to advise them to make a seven thousand dollar contribution. You know, we we get it down to the very number, and I think that's pretty powerful. I would encourage folks to to explore that 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 type of relationship where you have two advisors on your team right there working together simultaneously in the same office. I think you hit the nail on the head there of your last comment in the same office. You know, we're in this, we're, we, we're in the same offices. We're typically, if we're not in the same office that day, we're a phone call away. Right. And you know, it's, you know, I've had referral relationships in the past where you may get a client here or there from somebody or vice versa, but we're partners in Take Point Wealth Management. There's a commitment there to each other and, and to our clients and so, and to our purpose of providing good financial advice that's uh, tax um, I'll say tax friendly or tax favored, as well as look, looking towards a long term in terms of what these client, what the client's objectives are. So here again, being in the same office, I think is definitely, say from my perspective, has definitely helped me provide better advice to my clients because I felt like the same thing. I would sit with a client month and we talk about some ideas and strategies, and they then they get up and leave the office and don't execute what we talked about, or at least have a conversation with their financial advisor to start having those discussions. And so having you in the same office. Those meetings happen, action happens. Uh, we take action items on things that we've talked about and things get done. So um, I think the clients appreciate that too. You know, they don't have to leave one office, go to another office, try to coordinate schedules and phone calls and all that kind of stuff. And and then as the days go by, when they met with you or I, the time to get to the next advisor, they kind of for, somewhat forgot what they had heard. And so things get lost in translation also. So to your point, being in the same office um, has helped tremendously. Yeah, I just want to echo that. It makes my life easier. Mm-hmm, I tell too. you that. I love working side by side with you because, really, quite frankly, just a lot of mistakes are 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 are, are not made. When I, I remember certain mistakes being made in the past, and folks, if you're if your investment advisor, your broker, or whoever it is that you're working with, and your tax advisor aren't on the same page. Trust me, there's probably some things in, in, that are being missed. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you countless times that we've gotten together with clients and done our strategic planning, and and I'm like blown away at the fact that wow, we just saved that person from making that mistake, or we just we just saved that person thousands of dollars in, in taxation. I can think of one case this year where just letting folks know in our in our strategic means, like, hey, you know, you can put that RMD back this year. You don't have mm-hmm. to. Really? Oh, my gosh. And, and that saved them a lot in tax. They could put that RMD back in. So I really hope that they extend that again this year if COVID continues. But at this point, they're not. I guess things are things – are, some of the things that they put in place last year as far as the tax deadlines and little things like being able to not take your RMD and put it back. Uh, do you, have you heard anything? Do you think anything like that's going to be extended this year or, or, or is that kind of sunset now we're on to just kind of regular, a regular, you know, deal here in 2021? When we pick that up in the next segment, oh, yeah, I forgot about sorry, that. Jay, oh, yeah. Jay, Jay's giving us the signal. There. Uh, there you go. I'm talking too much. It's going off on hey, the table. We'll so. pick it up in our next segment. Right along is we got a whole hour full of the information that you need to know from our friends here at Take Point Wealth Management. By the way, if you're looking for fiduciary services locally along the Nature Coast, these are the folks you need to contact. I've done the same. You too can look at a stress-free retirement. All you got to do is check it out online at takepointwealth.com. Just Google TakePoint Wealth. Their information is right there. It'll bring you to lead advisor, retirement planner, Eric Arnett, Randy Woodruff, and the team at TakePoint Wealth Management. Their phone number, 352-616-0511. We'll be back after this, folks. 
Well, moving into segment one here, Take Point on Retirement, brought to you by Take Point Wealth Management every Saturday at this time. A whole hour, Chuck, full of the information you need to know to take point on your retirement. Are you looking for a way to invest your hard-earned money in 2021? Are you concerned how the Joe Biden presidency will affect the value of your retirement portfolio? If so, I encourage you to schedule a free financial consultation with Eric Arnett of Take Point Wealth Management. The professionals with Take Point Wealth are there waiting on you at takepointwealth.com. You can set an appointment right there on their website. Visit takepointwealth.com to get that $1,500 financial for free consultation. That's takepointwealth.com. Their phone number 352-616-0511. Without further ado, lead advisor, retirement planner, Eric Arnett, certified public accountant, Randy Woodruff. Gentlemen, again, welcome. Taxes, taxes, taxes. Let's talk. Let's let's make this show about taxes. Tax centric, yeah. absolutely. Um, I do do remind me though, because I remember we still have the twenty one investment tips for twenty twenty one. So you. I want to mm-hmm. dole out a few of those today as well. But I did do something for our listeners. I put together a nice colored brochure, a flyer basically that has all of those twenty one investment strategies for 2021 Mm -hmm. so as a free giveaway please contact me Uh, you can call jw always puts out that info for us our our phone number you can email me and go to our website there's a form you can click on whatever it is just get a hold of us call or just call us right at the office and we'll we'll, i'll email it out to you or mail it to you whatever it need be but i think it's important stick it on your refrigerator folks and get it while you can so yeah keep those tips handy and keep them keep focusing on them absolutely i think i think that'll be uh great stuff to focus on focus on health and focus on your wealth how's that sound there for 2021 better, better resolutions i can't think of R- rock and exactly. roll man. so doubling back to our last segment yeah. there we were talking you were bringing up some things that um, were past 2020 due to the you know, covid response in terms of de- right. deferring rmds and other things and so your question was what do i see happening for 2020 so if I, if I go by what I hear on the internet or watch on the internet or read the internet, there's so many proposals or ideas. Mm-hmm. And so most of the things when COVID hit, they were retroactive back to the beginning of the year. So I think what we're not going to see a lot of um, guidance, I think, on anything specific until we get further into the year and see how with the vaccine rollout, what that, how that affects the economy, how that affects people's psyche by getting mm-hmm. back out there and getting active in society. So um, I think it's probably early to, to comment on um, what's going to happen. But I think there's on both sides um, in, in both parties there's a definite desire to be responsive to to have a, obviously an overwhelming response right. to any financial crisis that might start to show up so i i think both sides would be very responsive and want to do something now i think there'll be some disagreement on what you know and not mm. to work that out but i think they'll I, I think we'll see a good response from the federal government so f- but for from what you're for what you're understanding right now is the deadlines are the deadlines the normal deadlines like april 15th the filing and corporate filing all those deadlines same no extensions this year as far as you know i haven't heard of anything concrete i have okay. heard somebody said to me the other day that they heard the tax deadline is going to get pushed back a month mm-hmm. and i haven't heard that i don't know where they got they heard that and it, it may happen yeah. um i was i was actually kind of shocked that they pushed it back three months yeah you know that was um it was a nice that was know, nice nice now, right, nice now when they pushed that back three months, did we st- did we still pay penalties and interest, or was that all waived too? All waived too. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really nice if they did. I like that. Yeah, well, it was <laughs> a nice response for most 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 Americans, and uh, it kind of took the pressure off getting your tax. Everybody's more worried about uh, staying in, you know, sta- mm-hmm. staying indoors, staying indoors, social distancing, and not mm-hmm. getting out, and and just with this, with the lockdowns going on, there was a lot more things on people's minds. So. 
instead of adding one more one more pressure to folk get their taxes filed, just extend them another three months. So that was nice. And here again, I suspect, hoping with the vaccine, we're coming out of this pandemic and we continue to come out of it strong. And even though I would like to see another three or three month extension on tax filings, I don't know that's going to happen this year. But I think you know, there may be some more RMD, I'll say eliminations for 2021. I'm hearing chatter, but okay. I haven't seen anything definitive yet um, coming out of Congress that or they just really got in session, if you will, or if, if they're even in session yet. So I think we'll start to see some some bills getting passed and some suggestions being made. But I think there's probably more pressing things with the Senate definitely getting all Biden's cabinet confirmed. So I don't look for any meaningful tax legislation to happen, if any, until further into the year as, as a coronavirus or COVID response. We are living here in Hernando County. We're in a state of emergency right now. They've extended that. Mm-hmm. And it's not like on a weekly basis. Does that by any means affect this at all? Affect taxes, so I, I, I hear you. Know, I haven't heard of any delays yet right. in, in filing. In terms of, they just did a, a in twenty twenty, they just did a. Everybody got three months extension I to file your personal taxes. So I haven't heard of anything, heard of them passing anything, them being Congress and the president passing anything to extend it like that again. But somebody mentioned to me yesterday, so I'm sure it's being discussed. Uh-huh. Um, whether it's being discussed by the right people and actually make those changes a different story. But you know, I think over the next month or two. Um, if that's really a reality, we'll start to hear about it. Yeah, I heard something else about credit cards as well, like interest and deferred payments is because of this. That's what someone told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was there was a lot of, um, in 2020, the term was for, um, forbearance, definitely on mortgages and, and rent payments, that kind of stuff. And so I'm not sure if that, how long that's been extended out for. Here again, it may even vary by state as well. Yeah, so I think it's very important. If I you, think that's potentially coming in the new stimulus plan oh, okay. that they're try, that they're going to pass or try to pass. Okay, that's more uh, forbearance. So it's yeah. in a great buying. Right, and mm-hmm. that's and that's the other reason why the markets are doing so well right now. I, I told people three or four months ago, they're all panicky. Oh, I want to get out of the market, and I'm not ready to invest. I want to wait until see what things happen. And I told them, like, look, the market's going to be fine. doesn't matter who comes in office, even if Democrats come in office, it's going to be fine. Markets are going to go higher. And sure enough, that did happen. So I'm giving myself a little pat on the back there. 22 years of experience. You can't let this political stuff affect your focus, folks, and your planning. You just can't let it do it. You can't let it derail you. So one thing that comes to mind, Randy, I know you know a lot about, and I did this for my business, and it was pretty easy this time as opposed to last year, but there is a, the PPP loan, mm-hmm. and I think we have a lot of listeners out there that are business owners, independent contractors, and if you're just a solo guy, independent contractor working out of your house on a 1099, you can apply for the PPP, and I encourage you to do that. Um, it's pretty easy. I did it right on uh, SmartBiz. You can go to smartbiz.com or you can go to lendingtree.com. It took me about 15, 20 minutes to fill out an application and upload my documents for verification. But um, we have had we've helped a lot of business owners locally um, that just and it's crazy like some folks aren't even going to apply for it because they don't even know about it like yeah. they're, they're they're unaware of it so hopefully folks spread the word that there's there's a lot of money still sitting in PPP plus with the second stimulus coming and you know this is like at a one percent interest borrowing rate it's like free money basically and the the word is that if it's under a certain amount like five hundred thousand it's going to be forgivable anyway so it's almost like free money so why not take advantage of that um, to help put a band-aid on your business restaurant owners everybody it doesn't matter i heard one guy say well i already got one last year i can't get one no that's not true you can apply for it again right exactly yeah so what are you hearing over there to your point i think 
think everybody should um, look to see if they qualify. You know, last year it was a lot easier. The first, I'll call it PPP one. Mm-hmm. You know, the first round was a lot easier to qualify. Basically, you didn't have to show any reduction of income. Is basically average monthly salaries or wages per, per your W twos for 2019. Take the monthly average. You got two and a half times that. You had to spend it on wages, rent, utilities. Right. And as long as you spent that money over, it was initially eight weeks, and then went to 24 weeks. Now, as long as you spent that money over that time period on those items, it was going to be, be forgiven. PPP round two, which just got approved, basically the same numbers in terms of you take your, your average wages, two and a half times that, but you have to show a, a decline in revenue, okay. a 25% decline in revenue in a quarter compared to 2019, compared to 20, 2020. So you just run your numbers, show your 19 and 20 first quarter revenue side by side, do that for second, third, and fourth quarter. If any quarter shows a 25% drop in 2020 compared to 2019, you qualify um, for another round of PPP. Oh, there you go. That's important. Yeah, no, that affects us locally. Absolutely. Uh, And and for our listeners, and like you said, a lot of people haven't even heard of this. What does PPE stand for? Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah, the Paycheck Protection Program. So, which means even if you're an independent contractor, you need to protect your own paycheck. If if your income was affected at all by COVID, mm-hmm. please go ahead and apply for this. JW, a great, great point. This could potentially be millions of dollars coming right in here to our local economy. Right. Yeah. One of the things that's not being talked about because it affects a smaller sector of, of the economy, but still a major sector is transportation. So they have another program called PSP. And it was available around one as well. And I know less about that than than I do about PPP. But basic, I'm going to give you the hi- highlights. If you're in not just aviation or transportation, but in a business that supports one of those industries, for instance, if you are a, if you are, and we don't have any of these companies here, but um, this is an example. If you are a catering company and you provide food, let's say for Delta Airlines for the flights, even though you're not directly involved in aviation you're indirectly involved in aviation and uh-huh. so you qualify for the psp program so i won't get deep in the weeds on that program right, because yeah. it's a little more complicated and affects fewer people but keep in mind there are other programs out there that's the main one that that's not just the ppp program to be aware of and so if you're listening and maybe you don't have a business that qualifies for the psp program but you know of a family member or friend who is in a business that supports transportation uh, more specifically, aviation, definitely want to to make sure they're aware of the PSP program. Now, is this the same as CARES money? We've heard about CARES Act money as well. Well, the CARES Act money is the overall act that encompasses oh, all okay. of this all of this stimulus. So, Yeah, there's uh, several different stimulus programs, and these are particular loan programs that are in the stimulus package that people can qualify based on you know their business. And they can contact Take Point Wealth Management Absolutely. for any question they have. Yeah. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. Randy and I are always forth giving with our time i might have to look that one up is that a word forth giving <laughs> i don't sure, know yeah. but it, so very, very, very um, uh, generous generous with generous. our time yes, yes there you go we're happy to get on the phone with you folks for 10 20 15 minutes whatever it is and just answer your questions that's mm-hmm. we, we take a lot of pride in that and we, we love to help people out in fact it's interesting that we're talking about this because i i'm re- recalling a meeting that we're, we were in this week randy with a client but one of the topics came up was he was thinking that he had to hold back some money because he was going to have to pay back income taxes on the PPP programs that he took last year. And that necessarily wasn't really accurate. Can you explain that? I'll just use me as an example. I got $50,000 last year for PPP program for my company. Mm -hmm. Am I going to be, is that going to go to my bottom line as income this year? Am I going to be taxed on that in 2020? 
So great question. When after, I'll say the PPP funds, PPP round one, those funds got into the market, there was a statement by the U.S. Treasury that said that, you know, based on the way the current tax laws are written, whether it's PPP money or any other kind of debt, if that debt is forgiven, unless you're in chapter, unless you're some kind of a chapter of bankruptcy, uh, whether it be corporate or personal, unless you're in some kind of bankruptcy protection, that forgiveness of debt is income to you. Uh -huh. So that was the, I'll say the treasuries or IRS's position that, okay, we gave you this money, it's going to be forgiven, so now you have to claim it as income. And that was being discussed all the way up until towards the end of the year. In fact, as we were doing tax projections and planning in October, November, and part of December, we were telling our clients, hey, okay, you received X number of dollars from PPP round one. This is going to get added back to your income, and you got to pay tax on it. And uh, so that was the guys who were giving clients, because that's what it was at the time. Now we're hearing that in this latest stimulus package that the plan is for that money to not be income to the recipient. And also they still get to deduct what they spent the money on that was the PPP guideline. You, you basically got tax-free money from the federal government and to basically fund your business to keep it going. So, so, so that seems to me like our government might've got it right. It was like, that's common sense, right? Why would you give somebody X number of dollars to help them out, but then say, oh, you got to give us some of that back now in taxes. Mm -hmm doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> yeah, and so that, the whole idea with CARES Act and PPP and all the other programs they had out there was to actually get money into the economy mm -hmm. and leave it there and not give it and take it back or, or take part of it back. So right. Treasury, all they could go for the time, IRS was the guidance that was in the tax code. Right. And so now that's been been, been modified to um, in that. I think, what was that last, the bill at the very end of the year was like a three or 4,000 page document that nobody had time to read. Right. It, <laughs> it, is, was, yeah. it was buried deep on page 1792 of that document, probably something like that. So Unbelievable. Uh, let's take a quick break, grab another cup of coffee on this fine Saturday morning. It's a pre-recorded program from your friends at Take Point Wealth Management and mine up and down the Nature Coast here to serve you. This is why you need professionals on your side. You need the Take Point team in your corner. Give them a call today, 352-616-0511. That's, of course, Eric Arnett, Lead Advisor, Retirement Planner, and Certified Public Accountant. Randy Woodruff, just two of the members of the team that help make up this fine, well-rounded team of professionals here for you each and every day. Just give them a call, pick up that phone, or check it out online, takepointwealth.com. We'll be back after this. Let's take a pause for station identification. You're listening to 99.9 FM WXJB Homosassa. Take Point on Retirement, a well-rounded show from a well-rounded team leading you into retirement. Listen Saturday mornings for an hour of simple retirement advice from your friends at Take Point Wealth Management. Saturday mornings, 7.30. And we're smack dab in the middle of the program. Take Point on Retirement brought to you by Take Point Wealth Management, a sponsored program by Take Point Wealth and pre-recorded, played every Saturday, 7.30 to 8.30, right here on this station. Thanks for joining us, folks, as the education, information, entertainment continues with lead advisor, retirement planner, Eric Arnett, certified public accountant, Randy Woodruff, both here to guide you into a stress-free retirement and to take point on your financial future. Gentlemen, Randy, I think we said tax, 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 tax. Tax, 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 so taxes, want, absolutely. I want you to take the lead here. You got some good stuff to share with our folks. I'm going to give everybody out there listening three-second pause to grab your pen and paper because Randy is taking the time to give you some cool little tax tidbits here. And guess what? It's on the radio. It's free information. There so write it down, folks. And then if you have questions you want to elaborate on, of course, give us a shout. 
and get a hold of us. So, so do we need like a, a yeah. countdown clock or something? Yeah, yeah. here we go. <laughs> All right, here we go. One thousand one, one thousand two, one thousand. There we yeah. go. All right, you're good. We're good. All right, we All got right. it. We should have the pens and paper. Let's go, Randy. <laughs> okay, so one of the first things I want to talk about is when, in 2018, when the new tax plan came about, one of the big things that happened is the doubling of the standard deduction. You know, so a lot of people have been itemizing for years. You, some people call it long form. Um, that means basically I, itemizing. And so with doubling the standard deduction, so folks, they, they couldn't itemize anymore because the standard deduction basically doubled. So we've been advising our clients that were borderline being able to itemize for years is basically bunch your deductions. So pay two property tax bills all in the same calendar year. Bunch your charitable contributions all into that same year as well. So uh, in the same yep. year that you double up on your property taxes or other kinds of, of deductible taxes, double you know try to bunch your charitable contributions in that year as well. So in the year that you don't bunch your double, you still get the standard deduction, but in the year that, that you do that, you know, the, the doubling and the bunching exercise could put you way over the standard and allow you to ultimately reduce your your taxable income collectively for the, for those two years significantly to save you money in taxes. So and that's something that people need to be thinking about more and more because a lot of folks didn't itemize in 2018 and 19 and for 2020 because the standard deduction jumped up so high. I got a question for you on that. In your experience, because you know, you've been doing this a long time, you, you are doing tax returns and tax advising way prior to this change mm -hmm. of the standard deduction increase. On average, have you seen folks benefit more from the increase in the in the deduction tip? And particularly if you're a married couple, it's like 24,000. And if mm -hmm. you're married and over 60, is it? or 50, 65. 65, you got 26,000, right? Correct. Standard deduction right off the top of your income. Did that really help folks or was it better for folks? Did you see folks were able to um, itemize and get over that limit? Or was that just, on average, what does the average family or couple itemize? Is that too broad of a question? So it depends on where you're at in life. You know, mm -hmm. I think as we get older, we have our mortgages paid off or down. And, and um, so the interest expenses is not there. And so and then typically you're, you're, as you're typically, and you also downsize typically as you retire. So your real estate taxes are lower. So overall, I think it had a positive impact for most folks. And so what it, what they did also do was they reduced the, they eliminated the dependency exemptions. Mm -hmm. So you used to get a dependency exemption for yourself, your spouse, and anybody uh -huh. you claim as a dependent. So standard deduction doubled, dependency exemptions went down. So if you were already itemizing, if you had enough itemized deductions to itemize under the old numbers and the new numbers, and then they reduced and they eliminated dependency exemptions. It kind of hurt those folks because uh, they lost okay. those dependency exemptions. So, and they were already itemized before they, and, and they still came because they have a lot of interest, a lot of contributions, a lot of real estate taxes or whatever. So um, it's just kind of a case by case basis. You know, and here again, when you, when you produce legislation or you enact legislation that, that is, covering the entire country is always going to be winners and losers. Right, good point. And, but I think overall, there were far more winners in that tax legislation than there were losers. To so keep in mind, even though people may have lost dependency exemptions or whatever, we all, everybody, it doesn't matter what income bracket you're in, where you're at, in, 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 in what state you're in or whatever, what political party you're in, everybody got a reduction in tax rates. Right. So we all save money on taxes for sure in the, in, in the way the rates went down. Right. They were basically, before you even got started, they were automatically taking 24 grand right off the top mm -hmm. line. And if you were single, 12 grand right off the top line, I think that was pretty favorable. And the rates went down also. So we all collectively benefited far more than we lost as, as a nation with the latest tax um, acts that w happened in Would you like to see it go back to the old way or do you like this way better? 
Great question. <laughs> you know, I think that it simplifies, not itemizing, mm-hmm. simplifies the overall tax filing process for most people. Here again, it does hurt some people. Like I'll give you a really good, for instance, I've got some clients, they have jobs, they're employees, and they have to pay for a lot of their expenses. They may travel 20, 30, 40,000 miles a year in their car. They may spend a lot of money uh, entertainment and other other things. They may spend, I got clients that spend 20, $40,000 in unreimbursed employee business expenses. Wow. Those are no longer deductible. Wow. So over here again, overall, yeah. As a country, I think we we benefited from that tax simplification, but there are certain people out there that it did have a, a negative impact on. So what might be the offset to that is, is instead of letting people that have a lot of those expenses, allowing them to become at where they can, if you're a statutory employee in certain certain, I'll say industries have statutory employees, you can take your W-2, but file it on Schedule C. Right. So they may want to expand that statutory employee option. Still, that is a great, great and, tip, great point. Yeah, so that would yeah. be something that would be, I think, here again. Because then they could, on the Schedule C, they could deduct those expenses. Exactly. And that's a little that's a little trick and a tip. See, there's so many loopholes in the IRS tax codes. If they would do that, that would help certain people out. So I again, can't even uh, imagine how many people didn't take advantage of that last year. Well, it's it wasn't available. Okay. I'm saying they should do they that. They should do that. They should expand forward, yeah. the statutory employee option, yeah. maybe even make it to where you can opt in to be a statutory employee if you have a lot of those deductions because now you can't claim them on you cannot claim them on Schedule A. I can so. see a lot of people probably Googling statutory employee right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> including myself. Including <laughs> JW's over there like, oh man, I'm writing uh, this stuff down. You're right, exactly. But hey, you on, have to pay for your advice. You don't get paid uh, advice <laughs> over there. <laughs> going on down my list here, one of the things also too is we, we've talked about this on our prior shows with our, ourselves and other advisors we have on the show. Me, advisors meaning people that are in other industry but that they complement ours. Like we had Jessica Banville in, on here talking about HSAs and insurance, mm-hmm. health insurance. Yes. And, so speaking of um, HSAs, please make sure you make an, an HSA contribution and you have until April the 15th to make a 2020 HSA contribution. So if you have made one yet for 2020, you can retroactive date it back to 2020 and make one for 2021 at the same time if you have the cash and or make an IRA contribution. Do you know what the uh, limit is on that? How much can they put in? It depends on if you're married or you got okay. a family. I think if you're, if you, I'm sorry, if you're single or have a family or married, get a family. I think if you're single, it's around 4,000. If you're married, it's around eight. What and, happens, okay, I put that money in. Mm-hmm. Say, I, say I put four grand into an HSA account, and it just sits there, and I don't use it. Maybe, and all of a sudden, well, let's just say over a couple of years, I build up ten thousand dollars in my H- HSA account, and I and I never use it. What happens to that money? Great question. So every year, as you're making the HSA contribution to your HSA plan, you get to take that deduction on your tax return, whether you had any medical or qualifying medical expenses or not. Okay. And then in the year that you have qualifying medical expenses, and you take that money out, that money coming out is not taxable to you. Okay. So you get to put the money in, take a tax deduction for it. If you spend the money that year, five, 10, 15, 20 years down the road on uh, okay. qualifying medical expenses. No it's time not, limits. No time limits. Okay. The only thing you have, if you take the money out for non-qualified medical expenses, it's taxable income. So I can't go buy a new boat with it or something no. like that. Ah, <laughs> darn it. But could you still deduct that medical expense as no. well? Okay. All right. nope. No double deduction no. there. No double deduction. Right. Nice try, JW. Hey, yeah, yeah, good try. Smart thing. I can. Kind of good, we good might angle. have to put him on the staff. I know. He's got some creative ideas over there. 
yeah. so double dipping i like that yeah those are a couple above the line deductions that nice. are, are big for most people also you know there's some credits out there available that that um, are common daycare credits you know so if you got kids in daycare that's a, a deductible not an expense but you based on the amount of money that you spend and how many kids you got you get to, to claim part of that as a credit also education credits you know there's a couple of different credits out there depending on what what um, year your kids are in school there's some planning you can do there as well because some of our clients um, based upon the income limits the parents make too much money to claim the education credits and so then we'll have the kids claim the education credits because they and some of them are refundable here again up to a certain amount depending upon what year school you're in as well so again there's some planning to do there and a good opportunity for most folks that they don't think about you know we talked earlier about retirement contributions you know, ira contributions and uh, and then if, if that's something you can do here again april the 15th for 2020 if you have a business uh, you may want to think about setting up some other kind of retirement plan, like a simple IRA in your business. You can contribute you know, at least double what you contribute to an IRA. So you can really get aggressive on your retirement planning with one of those type plans. Let's talk about, we've talked about this on our prior shows is the markets have been good for mm -hmm. a, a lot of folks, especially coming, you know, even though it, it tanked significantly when COVID lockdowns first happened, it came back strong. Uh, certain sectors that we talked about done really, really well. Um, certain sectors are still underperforming. But we, we always want to talk to our clients about harvesting your losses in terms of if you have losses in a particular fund or a particular stock and you have some gains you've already harvested, if you will, and taken because you can use those losses to offset gains right. and maybe get you back to a zero or close to a zero in terms of any, any capital gain tax for that year. And then if you do you know, have a stock that you're selling for a loss, if you hold it, if you don't buy it back for 30 days, you don't fall under the wash sale rule. So you get to claim the loss and you get to buy back in at a lower basis and write, and write it back up. So um, so there's some strategies that, as we like to talk about, actively managing your portfolios that you need to take, take, take a look at. So if you're having a good year, I've had a good year. I know we're just starting out the new year. So, But as we get closer to the end of the year, make sure that you're looking at where your portfolio is at. Look at it on a line-by-line -line basis. What's up? What's down? What have you sold? What's your capital gains going to be? And then if you think you've got some opportunity to harvest some of those losses to balance out your capital gains, um, let's talk, just take a look at doing that. And keep in mind, again, if you sell the stock off for a loss, you're not out of it forever, just for 30 days, buy back in on day 31, and you can hopefully ride the way back up if that's what that stock actually does. I, I can think of a client we worked with this year. They had been holding on to a couple of stocks for a long time. They'd had them for years, I mean, mm -hmm. like 20, 30 years, and just never felt like, and I'm going to take a huge tax hit on this if I ever sell it. After several discussions and strategy meetings, he decided to go ahead and start selling a little bit of that off now under the current tax act mm -hmm. because capital gains taxes are so low. And that's for sure one of the things that is in uh, Biden's tax increase uh, bill is that he's definitely going to increase capital gains taxes here in the future. So if you've been kind of sitting on these losses or these, or not losses, but stocks have a low cost basis. In other words, you paid say you paid a dollar for them, now they're worth $5, and you're like, oh, I don't want to take the tax hit. It might be better off to go ahead and start pairing that position back and take that tax hit now under mm -hmm. this current current tax law, right? Yeah, right now tax right now capital gains rates are the lowest they've been 
This is the second time they've been this low in, in history of capital gains being in existence. They came into existence, we'll say around 1940, and they've only been this they've only been lower than this one of the time. So to your point, now is the time to, if you have a, a, a position that you know you got a lot of gain in and you know you want to get out of that stock and buy into some other other things to rebalance your portfolio, um, now would be the time to do that. The only really reason you wouldn't want to do that is if you had so much money that you could maintain that position until you passed away, and then your heirs get to step up in basis. But for most people, unless you've got a significant amount of wealth, depending on what your income needs are, holding onto a stock, if that's it, until you pass away, it's probably not a strategy most folks can can deploy. So, what what about property? Uh, I know I'm not going to be naive. I know everybody out there listening doesn't have a bunch of money in stocks or in the mm-hmm. stock market, but I do know that a lot of people. Let's go ahead and talk about that next segment. Yeah, let's do that. That'd yeah, be we're great. running out of time here. So. What a great way to start off the next segment right. as we end this uh, segment of Take Point on Retirement, brought to you by Take Point Wealth. And I'm so glad you grabbed that pencil and paper. I'll tell you a lot of information here, and we got more to share with you. We're going to look into that crystal ball, the 21 investment strategies for 2021 as well, and maybe check out a couple of questions and answer those questions from our listeners right here on this program take point on retirement every Saturday this time. We'll be back after this, folks. Eric Arnett is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC registered advisor. Take Point Wealth Management, this station, and RWA are not affiliated. Exposure to ideals and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice, and individuals should consult with professionals specialized in fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Retirement Wealth Advisors. Okay, our Retirement Wealth Advisors are in the studio. That's Eric Arnett, Lead Advisor, Retirement Planner, Certified Public Accountant, Randy Woodruff, part of the Take Point Wealth Management Team. While you have that pen and paper handy, write down this number. You're going to need it to call these folks at Take Point. The number is 352-616-0511. That's 352-616-0511. And if you've got a question you'd like us to answer that on our next show, next Saturday, send that question to info, I-N-F-O, at takepointonretirement.com. That's info, I-N-F-O, at takepointonretirement.com. And while you're there, ask for that free $1,500 value financial analysis. In the meantime, let's close this segment in this program for this Saturday on Take Point in Retirement. Hard to believe we're in the last segment already. Yes. Time flies. Uh, hey, when you're having fun, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> let's wrap up a couple of more tax points that we want to get across, and then want to get into a couple of questions that our listeners have asked, and also give out a couple more of our 21 Great uh, strategies for this year. How's that sound? 21 Excellent. Gun Salute. 21, 21 Gun, gun Salute. salute. Yeah. Absolutely. So you were asking a question about yeah. property as we were ready yeah. to get the last segment. So Yeah, well, so I know not everybody out there has stocks, but I think quite a few people might have an extra lot or a piece of property. What's the capital gains taxes on that? And should they should folks be looking at, hey, there's been such a massive appreciation in prices. I mean, heck, I can think about lots out there at Hernando Beach. We're going for like 40000 Now they're like one twenty-five, one fifty. Pretty much, it feels like overnight. And you are a uh, not a, you're also a licensed realtor, so you know a lot about that situation. 
But I think a lot of f- folks out there, maybe it's a good time to sell your properties too. I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Great question. And uh, yeah, now is a great time to sell your real estate if you're that's what you're looking to do. Prices are, are high, especially if you have a house. Housing right now is our inventory is super, super low. Every time a house goes on, not every time, but most every time a house goes on the market, multiple offers, five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 above appraised value or more, depending upon the overall value of the house. So you can vouch for that. You can vouch for that. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you just sold your house. We, and sold, did really well. we sold a piece of property. And uh, we didn't even put on the MLS. It was sold before we put on the MLS. For cash. For cash and full offer. So so. it was crazy. I was like, wow. I mean, uh, I didn't believe the stories, but then when it happened to me personally, Mm -hmm. I was like, that's crazy. Well, my uh, uh, cousin just bought property up in Ohio unseen. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Keep in mind, if you're going to sell property... You, you better have a place to go because finding right. a place to go is, is tough to do. So if you think about selling your residence, I mean, uh, right. and you want to look, you live somewhere else, you might make sure you have something well, under contract. But what if you're sitting on a, some lots or some land or what's the taxation on that and capital gains rates and all that kind of stuff? So it's either 10 or 20% depending upon your, your tax bracket. And here again, they have the lowest they've been in, in, in sec- only the second time in history they've been this low. So, you know, now is a great time with prices being, seeing so high. Um, now is a great time to, especially if if you're getting towards retirement and you've been holding on to that asset, you're gonna and you're gonna now need that the the value out of that asset to put into an income producing right. activity. So income, now, income, income. Yeah, Greg, exactly. Now is a great time to sell. It'll be you sold at the most tax efficient uh, point probably available because as you mentioned earlier, the Biden administration is talking about raising taxes on capital gains and also on dividend income. So if you have dividend producing stocks, those basically have the same rate tax tax rates as, as capital gains and so and when it's we're talking about raising taxes who are going to raise taxes on people mm-hmm. people, people are making minimum wage no, no. you're going to raise yeah. them people that have assets that have income that have passive income that's where the money's at so that's where it's going to go so yeah. if you're thinking about to your point thinking about selling some real estate especially land that's that's vacant or not producing income and you're going to need that income in the future, now would probably be the time to to do that, to, to wind up at the most tax-efficient result possible. Right. Yeah, and if you're at that point in life where I can think of one family of clients that we worked with, we did just that. After discussions and strategizing, they decided to start selling off some of their properties because mm-hmm. they appreciated so much, and then put them into income-producing investments that were passive, that mm-hmm. were just getting them nice income that they weren't getting before on kind of like the vacant properties and stuff. And their life was a lot easier and simplified. Exactly. And you think about it, uh, if you say you have five properties of out there, you sell all those properties, you take the cash, pay the low capital gains tax rates right now, and then you put it into an income producing investment all in one account. You've really simplified your life dramatically. Mm-hmm. And there are some good um, programs out there to create income for folks that are close to retirement or going into retirement or even in retirement. We have you know some great rates out there despite the fact that interest rates are real low. There's some awesome programs out there to produce just that, uh, just a nice steady stream of income. And uh, don't have to worry about uh, banging a hammer anymore or mowing the yards or mm-hmm. making sure the plumbing's right or calling the pest control guy or whatever it may be to manage all that property. Um, I, I just see it as a great opportunity to, to one, capitalize on these high prices and, and two, capitalize on 
the lower taxes on it because that might not be the case in the future. I've seen this several times in my career in the past where people let these periods kind of pass them by and then they're kicking themselves like a couple, oh man, taxes are so high now and you know property values are starting to cool off and they've gone backwards. It's all cyclical, folks. Things aren't just going to keep going up, 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 up. So this might be a good time to start thinking about kind of whittling that down, just kind of throwing that out there. Yeah. If you have a question on, on real estate, Eric mentioned I have a real estate license and I'm part of the Suncoast team, myself and Rob Rodriguez and Anthony Canaris make up that team with six or eight other real estate professionals. And so we'd love to help you out with your real estate questions and needs. Please call me. I'll give out my cell phone number. Dare I do that on the air, but I'll do it anyhow. Uh, 352-585-3841. Again, 352-585-3841. Please call me and then we can definitely help help you out with your real estate needs. I want to talk about one more um, tax topic real quick before we get on to other things in the show here. But I have conversations with, with especially my business clients because we talk as we get into tax planning for businesses, especially at the end of the year, it's, hey, my net income is this amount right now. What can I do to get that down? Well, retirement plans, HSAs, things like that. But also we talk about spending money in your business. And one of the popular misconceptions that I see so often is that people think that, hey, if I go out and spend dollars $200,000 on new equipment or whatever my business, I'm going to save that much money in taxes. And that's not the case. Mm-hmm. So right now, the top tax bracket, if you're married, and this is usually if you're making over $600,000 a year in taxable income. So only the income over $600,000 is subject to the 37% tax bracket. So if you're in that bracket, let's say you're making $900,000 a year net income, and you spend a quarter million dollars in new equipment in your business, you spend a quarter million dollars, you're only going to save 37% of that money in taxes. So you're still at the 63%. So it's important that as you do a year in tax planning, that you don't also, you, you, you spend money where you need to, to make your business more efficient, to make you more profitable, to make you more productive. But you also want to make sure you're spending your money wisely and not just going out and buying new things that you don't really need. Because we also want to help people save taxes, preserve wealth, but also build wealth. And right. building wealth means increasing your balance sheet. And you do that by saving money and spending your money wisely. So I just want to make sure that here again, as you get to the end of the year, and you start, especially if you're a business owner, you're spending money, make sure that you're spending your money wisely because it's not a dollar. It's not every dollar you spend, you don't save a dollar in taxes. The most you're going to save is 37%. Most. Great point. And for folks that are out there getting close to retirement or are in retirement or getting close to deciding on social security or not, we have some great strategies and we'll sit down and talk to you about what the best strategy is to take social security as well and when to take it. Because one thing we haven't talked about on today's show is income taxes on Social Security. doesn't seem fair. You've been paying into Social Security programs for decades, uh, and you may owe taxes on your benefits themselves once you retire. So a lot of times I hear folks say, well, I'm not getting, I won't get taxed on my Social Security. Mm -hmm. That's not true. You've probably heard through the grapevine or one of your neighbors or friends, they might have they might not be necessarily taxed on their social security, but that's because they're only getting social security and they have no other income and they're in, you know, a really low income bracket. That's potentially possible that they won't pay any tax. Right. But, um, there's this thing called, and we'd love to share it with you folks. Um, if you're getting ready to getting close to that time where you, should I start taking social security and what's that going to mean to me in retirement and what's that going to look like on taxes? There's a thing called the provisional income formula. So whether or not you owe federal taxes on your social security benefits will depend on your provisional income. Now, what is provisional income? Definition that the IRS comes out so to kind of you know catch people, but it's your adjusted gross income 
plus half your annual benefit amount, meaning you know half of your Social Security, plus any non-taxable interest. So if your provisional income is higher than $25,000 per year for individuals or $32,000 per year for married couples filing jointly, up to 85% of your benefit, your Social Security uh, amount, will be subject to income taxes. So I encourage folks to take a strong look at that because it may be where it might make sense for you to defer to Social Security, uh, might maybe start collecting your wives while you're still working, vice versa. So there's a lot of great topics there, but I just wanted to sneak that one in. One last thing on taxes, Eric, that I wrote down on my list here is talk to a tax advisor. We're having this conversation in January going into tax season because taxes are hot on people's minds. But at the same time, some of these things you can still do for 2020. There are some things here still, but you need to be thinking about tax advice rolling into the end of the year, what you can do, we still got time to do. I'm thinking about taxes all year long, but definitely towards the end of the year. So, and here again, consult with your tax advisor. We're, we're not mind readers. We all know what you've done all year long. If you come see us at the end of the year, we're kind of just, we as advisors are dealt the hand we're dealt. That's all we got to work with. So come see us early throughout, come see us throughout the year so we can help you plan throughout the year. The, we've got like two, three minutes here to wrap up. So one, I just wanted to get to, let's maybe do one question. And, uh, and then I also wanted to give a couple more 21s, and I think that'll wrap things up for today. This is kind of an interesting question came in from Phil in Spring Hill. I have an employer-sponsored 401k and rollover IRA. I have transferred much of the 401k balance into the IRA. I am approaching age 72. I know under the 401k, I can defer the RMDs so long as I continue. That's required minimum distributions, folks. At age 72, the IRS does require you to start taking money out of your retirement accounts. As long as I continue to work and maintain ownership interest in the business of less than 5%, may I also defer RMDs from the IRA? Question mark. Great, great question. And some people, a lot of times, just get 401k and IRA mixed up and they think they're the same thing. You, you know, you can contribute to a 401k and an IRA at the same time, by the way. We can give you those limits. But May I also defer RMDs from the IRA? No, I'm sorry, you can't. You have to take you have to take distributions. That's what right? I thought. Yeah, yeah. That's you have you have to take your RMDs right from yeah. your IRA. So. A curveball there, trying yeah. to throw yeah. us off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keep us on track. IRS code is crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if anything's in a traditional IRA, they're going to require you to start taking exactly. RMDs out. Your 401k is fine, but you're going to have to take distributions from the IRA. 21 strategies for 2021. So. Um, just to recap the ones that we've already given out to you folks, uh, but if you want this pamphlet, this brochure with all 21 of my secrets in there, you're going to have to reach out to us and we'll get it to you. But we talked about one was replacing bonds with fixed index annuities, analyzing your portfolio for risk you are taking and any hidden fees you are paying. That's the free analysis that you get here at Take Point. Develop a plan to fill any potential future retirement income gap for you and your spouse. So if you had an income gap as far as what your expenses are in the future, we need to get that filled up for you. Reduce the financial advisory fees you pay with one simple strategy. Yeah, we do have one simple strategy to drastically reduce your Mm -hmm. fees. So number five, I don't think we've given this one out yet, and this is a good one. Um, I love this one because it's diversify the taxes in your portfolio. Tax in tax deferred buckets, taxable buckets, and tax free buckets. Ninety five percent of everybody that comes to us has all their money in that tax deferred bucket. And gosh, folks, you're creating a massive tax bubble for yourself and a tax especially liability. If taxes for go up, especially if to. taxes go up, which they're probably going to in the future. So 
I don't look at today. I don't look at tomorrow. I, we, when we're doing our plan, we look 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years out, and we show you everything in charts, and we even show you what you could potentially be paying in taxes in the future and how that's going to impact your retirement and reduce the cash flow that you're going to potentially have in retirement. So we've got to get on top of that, folks. But number five is there's three buckets that you can put your money in, and we feel as though you have to have a tax-deferred bucket, a taxable bucket and a tax-free bucket. So you're going to have to get a hold of us and get get in to see us to, to go through that with you. Of course, we like, we like that tax-free bucket to be the biggest, right? I would love that tax-free bucket. And by <laughs> the way, uh, there are only two strategies to create tax-free income. And don't tell them what that is until the next show. I am not telling you folks until the next show. There's only two strategies that you can utilize in order to save or get tax-free income in your retirement. Wow. Can't wait to tune hear in that. next time. Yeah. In the meantime, we've, it's all about taxes. It is tax season. That's what we've talked about on this program of Take Point on Retirement. And one last thing, Randy Woodruff, real quick, a shout out to your business because it is tax season and you are a certified public accountant. Yes, sir. I am. And we have offices in Brooksland and Spring Hill. The name uh, of it? Uh, Sunco CPA Group. Uh, my father started our business back in 1974, yep. the oldest accounting firm in the county. I came on in 94 from college and... Um, been here ever since. There you go. That's why we recommend these professionals in the studio. And you can always contact TakePointWealth.com for more information on all of these services available at your fingertips. Once again, give them a call now, 352-616-0511. Make that appointment for that free $1,500 financial analysis. I'm telling you folks, take advantage of it like I did. Until then, we'll see you next time on TakePoint on Retirement. <laughs>